Hey, RotoViz Radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021, and you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. We are into NFL Draft Week, recording this a little bit earlier than normal, recording this on Monday. It will drop on Tuesday. It is episode 197 as we get closer and closer to that episode 200, which will be coming up on the 6th of May. So it's uh, it's going pretty pretty rapidly approaching, Sean. We mentioned on a couple of shows here that we do have a contest coming up. All you have to do is drop a written and review on your favorite podcast app, and then that gives you a chance to win. We're giving away three rotaviz.com subscriptions to one month subscription one three month subscription and that three month subscription winner also will get an appearance on an upcoming rotaviz podcast so fun times we're seeing those reviews come in uh, thick and fast on all the different podcast players but we will be referencing a few of the best on this coming thursday's show but it is draft week sean as i mentioned draft coming up on thursday night and it's going to be pretty uh, pretty anticipated and some interesting moves that are going to happen but uh, very exciting i'm sure for these prospects and uh, i know for uh, fans of all the teams it's always that time where th- there's great hope in the nfl that you can you can find that next great player that's right this is the most exciting week in the nfl outside of super bowl week or i guess for individual fans whatever week your team is eliminated from the playoffs is the <laughs> biggest week even if it's in a in a sad fashion Draft is coming up. Very excited about that. Volume two of the Rotoviz Rookie Guide is out. Uh, I think that we should also add two editions of the Rookie Guide to the contest. So in addition to the three subs, we'll give out two guides. Volume three will come out after the NFL draft here, get some new rankings, some new mocks. And yeah, this has just been an absolute blast. I've been really enjoying the last week drafting in the Rotoviz Triflex dynasty format uh with my good friend and writer on the website monty fawn it's been just so fun discussing the different potential moves the potential trades uh with him we'll get into that a little bit at the end of the show and then we're gonna have dave caben on for the show on thursday which is always fun dave's written uh, a bunch of great articles some stuff for the guys some stuff for the site we'll get his opinion on some of these depth running backs the draft will be going on about the same time but uh, we think that the running backs probably are going to mostly go Friday, Saturday. You'll be able to tell which players are the guys you really want your team to grab and then which ones you should obviously be grabbing in your dynasty leagues and your rookie mocks. And so not mocks, but straight rookie drafts. We're going to talk about some mocks. We're going to talk about some drafts going on here. And column, we've got an interesting way to look at rookie ADP when we have these Rotoviz Triflex leagues, we have a format that is very, very similar to what drafters are using as sort of the default format across the sort of dynasty universe at this point. So it gives you a very true ADP. And when we're looking at where 
rookies are going in startups, that gives us some insight into where they're probably going to go in rookie drafts as well. And I thought a, a fun little exercise to start the show today would be co- to compare the rookie mock from volume two of the guide with rookie ADP within startups. And so we look at it as, you know, what are the first 12 guys coming off in startups? What are the round two guys coming off in the startups? I did an article on this last week and we can compare these players here. And it's pretty interesting. Uh, I think probably not a big surprise in that round one has a lot of similarities, not the exact order, but the same 12 guys come off the board in our mock as are coming off the board in startups. And yet then in round two, we have some pretty large differences. So jumping right into it here, Colin, we have number one off the board is Trevor Lawrence. That I don't think is a surprise. He is a very coveted asset, a very coveted player for super flex leagues, considered to be a generational prospect. He has comps like Andrew Luck when you pull him up in the Rotoviz box score scout. He comes off the board well above the rest of the guys. He's going to be the 101 in most leagues, unless that person just simply doesn't need a quarterback and isn't able to trade down. When it gets to the second pick, here's where we start to have uh, not exactly some controversy, but some difficult choices. When you look at uh, startup ADP, Jamar Chase, Justin Fields, Kyle Pitts, and Najee Harris are all coming off the board in a five-pick stretch in round three. So four of those five guys uh, toward the middle beginning of round three there are rookies. We have them Fields, Chase, Pitts in startup ADP. It's Chase, Fields, Pitts, Harris. So uh, we're higher on ETN. The startup drafters are higher on Harris, although ETN does come in right after that. Uh, Colin, what do you think about this stretch of guys here? Obviously, to have these guys coming off early in round three tells us that if you have a pick in the first half of your rookie draft, you're going to be getting a very good player. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of talent um, at, a, at a vast number you know, of the positions. If we're looking, I think, well, tight end's a little bit top-heavy, top but if we're looking at the running backs, I think they're top-heavy as well. We look at the quarterbacks, there's a little bit of depth, and then when we look at um, wide receivers, I think we're going to be pretty spoilt there at the, the wide receiver position. Um, I think that the interesting thing, Sean, that's really going to be you know, the true test is when we see draft position over the next uh, week or so, there could be quite a bit of shuffling here depending on landing spots so you know there's some guys going a little bit later even at the you know if we're looking at super flex formats um or the triflex format you know mac jones um if he goes to the 49ers does that shake up dramatically you know how does that all shuffle around there's there's a number of quarterbacks i think could move i think you know we're talking and i'm very strong on it you know trevor lawrence is you mentioned they're a generational talent uh, one of the, the biggest prospects coming out certainly since andrew luck but when we look then at justin fields i think he should be that guy that you know is, is the number two but let's see how things play out there, there could be a little bit of shuffling here i remember back to this time last year um and it, look it, it's proven to to be pretty correct in terms of what we thought of Jonathan Taylor and then how the draft played out, um, you know, the, the Chiefs um, and their draft pick situation. I think we, we could see some shuffling here as well, but I think we see a pretty true reflection unless we get perfect landing spots. I think these guys are, are pretty much in the, the correct order of what we're going to see uh, come those rookie drafts and you mentioned the drafts uh, i got a few emails this week and uh, you know at the start of the week it kind of almost caught me off guard you know those uh, rookie drafts kicking off 
uh, early next week. So um, it's uh, you mentioned earlier the excitement for just the draft in general. But when we get into those rookie drafts, it, it does have a quick turnaround. It's always always a lot of fun jumping into those. In terms of you mentioned the the players in that first round, uh, same players, just slightly different order. Is there any players that? you're overly surprised about based on how those triflex adps are, are shaping up versus how, how the draft went with you and the guys doing the, the mock for volume two of the draft guide no I, I think that these results are exactly what we would expect and one of the reasons to kind of keep track of this be aware of this you know have a show where we talk a little bit about it today is for the exact reason that you mentioned which is that sometimes it's a big trap to look too much at what happens in the NFL draft itself. I know that last year I was doing a live mock of what I thought that rookie ADP was going to be as the NFL draft was happening. So basically, based on what was happening in the NFL draft, this is where I thought rookie mocks were then going to look like. And I had Jonathan Taylor 1, Joe Burrow 2, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire 3. I was really surprised that people were so excited about Edwards-Alaire to the Chiefs that many people were moving him to 1. I I didn't think that was going to happen until we actually got quite a bit of ADP showing that, yes, people are taking him first. And, you know, it's easy to pick one of these out where, um, you know, I was probably right and that we should have had Taylor and Burrow in the first couple slots still. They do have much higher startup ADPs right now than Edwards Allaire does. It could have worked out differently. He could have stayed healthier. The Chiefs offense could have been a little bit different in terms of the way that it was constructed but we want to make sure that we're not jumping guys too far based on where they land the talent that a running back or a wide receiver a quarterback brings to the table is still one of the key things that you are looking for here i think that the interesting question is going to be and you brought up justin fields he goes much earlier still than trey lance zach wilson mac jones in startup adp and I think that that's right, but it'll be interesting to track where the quarterbacks do go once we have the landing places locked in. Now, Wilson, the assumption that he is going to go to the Jets there, that's not enough to uh, pull him up above fields. It's not enough to pull him up above Lance, actually, in terms of where people are currently going. The real wild cards are going to be Fields, Lance, and Jones. Uh, depending on where those guys go, the player who goes to the 49ers, I think people are, are very interested in that. And then we're going to see a little bit of shifting, and those quarterbacks are going to continue to be sort of the key pieces in super flex leagues with how important that they are. The other, I think, position where we could see some changes would be at running back there. Javante Williams is the 108 in triflex. He fell to the 112 in our mock. I think it's hard to put him above prospects like Devontae Smith, uh, Jalen Waddell, before we find out where he goes and that's why he falls a little bit more in hours but if he's in the right spot and some people have him even above the two stars there and there are some reasons for that right when you have the big season that he just had the very balanced season that he just had he's younger than the other two guys who uh for whatever reason decided to stay for four years those are red flags that we tend to ignore because we believe they could have come out the previous season uh, but they decided to stay. They had very big seasons, especially Harris. We want to make sure that we're really looking at them more at what they did in their first three years. So we have a little bit more of an apples to apples comparison. And because we know 
historically that those first three years give a little bit better window than what a potential first round prospect can do when he's a senior in college right we would expect those guys to absolutely destroy college football players at that point so i think those running backs could also be very interesting based on where they land so sean jumping into uh, the round two and how things start to shake up it, it really does uh, move around a, a little bit more here in terms of where players are going and which players are involved um obviously a lot of wide receivers going off the board in round two as, as we expect from the road of his uh, guide pretty much all wide receivers eight wide receivers two running backs two tight ends uh, going off in that second round um slightly different than when it comes to uh, the overall adp and um, what were some of the things that really stood out for you here in round two and um what are some of the the real values that are standing out here at current adps well i think the value at wide receiver really stands out and if you stockpiled round two picks in a super flex last year then that really paid off for you in terms of some of the players that you got like higgins iuk uh, chenault you know players available even later like a chase claypool one of the things that monty and i have been talking about a lot in our draft is just how much value these r2 picks do have in superflex where the quarterbacks push them down now not all drafts are going to be as loaded as last year's as this year's you know there's some concern about the 2022 draft being as loaded and as deep i think that this was kind of a, a weird college football season i assume that next year as we play it out a little bit more normally we're going to have some guys rise to the top the draft will be filled out a little bit more but i really like to look at these especially first half of round two picks in Superflex because those picks end up being very valuable we talk a lot about wide receivers and how they maintain their value better and so you look at the first six picks in our mock and you have Rashad Bateman, Terrace Marshall, Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore, Deami Brown, and Tylen Wallace. All of those guys look like they're going to go fairly early in the reality draft. You know, you may be getting a first round wide receiver in the second round of your rookie draft. That's fantastic value, both in terms of what it means for the quality of those players and what it means for how you'll be able to build the depth of your roster. When you compare that, to some of the guys going in actual drafts where you have Kenneth Gainwell, you have Trey Sermon, you have Michael Carter, uh, someone that I've been drafting a lot in terms of Hubbard. I do like him there, even though there's a risk that he'll fall extremely deep into the reality draft. And so you're very nervous once you've actually already loaded up on someone like that. It's not that those aren't good players. We do know that running back is devalued to an extent, in the reality draft and so we don't necessarily look at it as a one-to-one in terms of a wide receiver versus a running back but it is a reminder that if wide receivers hold their value better than running backs and you can actually get a, a player who's drafted earlier in the reality draft than a player at a different position say running back that's actually not as valuable in terms of the long term for dynasty then it's kind of a, a twofer right you have safety in two ways you're drafting the position that's more valuable and you're drafting the player that has more upside okay so when we're looking at how we want to construct either our startup drafts or our rookie drafts that's something to keep in mind and that's one of the reasons why our rotoviz mock is a little bit more wide receiver heavy it's also a little bit different one of the things that i really like about the guide is that we do three different mocks and the one that i pulled up here is the one that is the same format obviously as the adp we're talking about so we're you know we are comparing the same thing to the same thing we do have two other mocks 
in the volume. And they're both a little bit more running back heavy. So that gives you a sense too of, especially once you get into round two, crazy things can happen. You don't know exactly where these guys are going to go. The running backs do go earlier in those other two mocks. And so I think that you're going to get guys going in different spots in these different drafts in round two, but be looking for those wide receivers. You're going to get a lot of value even deep into those drafts. And Seth Williams, somebody who is well into sort of a third round value in terms of startup ADP, he sneaks into the end of round two here in our draft. I think he's someone to really keep an eye on this weekend. If he goes in the first, you know, 75 to 100 picks, he's someone you're going to want in all of your leagues. Yeah, it was Curtis picking him up uh, and, and that one for the, the rookie draft. Um, but it's going to be interesting, John. Some of the just numbers um, in terms of the draft guide um, for the listeners. Uh, wide receivers, 11 through those two rounds is uh, how that draft played out. Five running backs, five quarterbacks, and three tight ends. So the five quarterbacks all going in, in round one, and then the rest of those positions split uh, across the two rounds. There's there's obviously some interest I mentioned in the, the kind of top-heavy nature of the tight end position. I'm interested, Sean, in your thoughts. Uh, obviously, Kyle Pitts, uh, we've all talked about Kyle Pitts and, and how we expect him to, to progress to the NFL. A lot of excitement around him. But uh, you drafted in this uh, Pat Fairmuth, and then the other one's Brevin Jordan. We did the draft series um uh, last week and it's still up on road of his radio if you haven't tuned in and checked it out i would recommend to do that i was joined by travis may and john daigle uh, to talk through the prospects basically position by position but you drafted uh, fairmuth and then travis drafted brevin jordan and he was somebody you also talked about on that series i think that although like they're probably not right at that top end of talent i think they're probably being undervalued a little bit based on the expectation heading into this versus what we've seen of some tight ends coming out of college over the last couple of years and where they might have been plotted in here in terms of rookie drafts do you think that there there could be a little bit of value there in those two guys it really for me does tail off quite dramatically after that so if you're looking for tight end this year i think uh, you need to be getting one of those three guys to try and to try and fill those spots yeah and you hear people say all the time that these late second round picks or certainly third round picks don't have a lot of value you know you can spend them pretty freely as you're doing a startup if you're trying to move up if you're trying to trade for a veteran in season you know you can kind of throw those around willy-nilly don't worry about them too much the hit rate is very low we want to be aware of the fact that the hit rate is not what i mean all of these prospects are not going to hit right at the same time, I do think that you want to be stockpiling these lesser picks that are a lot easier to get than round ones, right? To get a round one, you have to spend something very, very important to your roster. Not necessarily the case for the other picks. And we want to look at tactics within the drafts and how we can make those lesser picks really pay off. And one way we can do that is by drafting tight ends late, stashing them, waiting on them. People know that they're not going to give quite the same immediate impact, and so they're less excited about jumping on them and rookie drafts can create some great values you mentioned Fairmuth and Jordan uh the former there a little bit older than we would like doesn't necessarily have all the testing there are some questions with that but someone who did come out and even though he was an old freshman started producing right away scored a lot of touchdowns he is a well-rounded tight end which will appeal to the nfl teams you know you hear a lot when we talk about tight ends for fantasy is like don't worry about the snap count just look at the routes run 
I do like to have these guys with the good snap counts because then they are on the field for the passing plays as well. These guys who are only passing down uh, tight ends, you know, you have to really make sure that they're actually getting in on some of those plays. We've seen with teams uh, who are mixing and matching a little bit that someone like an Irv Smith not getting nearly the snaps and then not nearly the routes and nearly the targets that we would like to see if he were the guy. Now, I mean, he's that's not really his role. Right, So it's not something we would expect with him. But if you can get one of these three down tight ends, I think that that gives you a little bit more of that Gronkowski upside and floor when we're looking at the floor there. Jordan's someone who has a little bit of the opposite kind of situation. A young guy, a productive guy, maybe wasn't uh, quite as dynamic in the athletic testing as we had hoped may fall a little bit in both reality and fantasy as a result of that. But Travis has been very, very high on him. And I really like to look at Travis's analysis for some of these depth players and at a position that maybe isn't quite as exciting if you can grab jordan late then again i mean you're using a pick that's not that valuable to you in a way that could become very important when you put together these tight end premium teams because we know that once the season actually starts people are looking around their tight ends and are like well what do i do but i'm just not getting any scoring from this position you try and make an in-season trade for a high scoring tight end you're going to have to pay a ton which isn't what you want to do you know stash these guys let them develop not all of them are going to hit but if you stash you know two three of them then you start to improve your chances just want to know sean do you want to die we go into the monty part now or do you want to talk a little bit more about this part uh, we can go into the monty part now that's perfect <laughs> So Sean, you, we've obviously gone through the, the opening two rounds there, but the other um, part that we were tying that into was the Triflex ADP. And you know we've mentioned on a couple of shows the Triflex leagues have been uh, very, very popular over what the FFPC teaming up with Rotoviz. And um, you know pretty, pretty interesting so far to see how things are playing out. We did talk about it on the last couple of shows just in terms of how it varied a little bit from Superflex in terms of the ADP and some of the changes there but um, it's, it's been a, a really interesting format to watch I haven't got to jump into one of the leagues yet but I am uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty pretty ready to get in now I think uh, over the next week or two uh, get one of those set up and I'm, I'm always trying to reduce the number of dynasty leagues I'm in but I think we're going to have to we're going to have to take the leap here and jump straight in but you're, you're drafting obviously at the moment in that league with monty fan and anytime we talk about monty obviously we talk a lot about his best ball content um and and what he does they're one of the best in the, the industry in terms of uh, the best ball results and things that he can pull up um on that there when we look through this league in particular sean is there anything that you want to highlight based on uh, some of those opening rounds i know we do see some of these rookies then sprinkled in as well throughout well, this has been so much fun. We'll have to do an official uh, Rotoviz Triflex Dynasty League for uh, the podcast. Uh, it, it's been an absolute blast. Sean, Sean already figuring out what uh, we have to talk about after the podcast, but <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it, you know, we we discussed our trade down last week. We also had a big trade discussion on the pod we'll probably have some more of those because Monty and I have been involved in a huge number of trades uh, in this particular format we drafted Kyle Pitts early in round two and we weren't able to trade down we took him at the 210 but then did eventually trade him for a fourth round pick and a seventh round pick it it all depends on your board and the areas that you think are strongest in players and what you're trying to build for the long term. But one of the things that I love about this format and we're going to write about on the site in some detail is this idea of the double value. 
right? So when we're going into these drafts and we have our own boards, we can compare our board to ADP, we obviously want to be drafting the players that we like above ADP, right? So that's not necessarily a difficult element of it. When you grade your draft at the end of the draft, you should be giving yourself an A, right? Because you should be drafting guys that you had ranked higher than what they cost. So that part is is somewhat straightforward. One of the things that I do like is that if you find a format where your board and ADP is actually pretty far off, play that format. Because even if you end up being wrong, you were getting values that are values to you, which is at least the first thing that we're going after. To get a double value and to make sure that it's not just our, our own ideas and our own picks, we know from all kinds of psychological studies, everybody thinks that they're better than average at basically all activities. And that's probably not the case in reality. Not everybody can be better than average at everything. We all think that we're better at picking players than the next person. Uh, some people probably are, you know, have very good results in their leagues. Some people probably still need to develop a little bit. But one of the things you can do, whether you're a great player selector or you're still in progress, is to try and get players below ADP. So one of the things that we've been trying to do here is not only get guys that we have ranked a lot higher than wherever the spot in the draft is, but we're also trying to get them below where they go in normal drafts. That way we can get a double value from it. We have a lot of safety. We have a lot of upside. And then the other thing that you can do in order to guarantee that, because not every time that you're on the board, you know, are there going to be these double values for you, but you can trade down. And Monty and I have made a huge number of trades. We've also had a lot of picks. We talked about this in relationship to the draft that I was doing with Sam Wallace. And it is something that I'm trying to do in all formats which is to try and accumulate future picks, but at the same time draft a lot in the high leverage or the high value rounds. It comes down then to what you think is a high value round. In this format, we ended up only having two picks in the first five rounds. I think most people would say, well, that's where the superstars are concentrated. And, and that's true to an extent. The good news is we drafted 13 times in the first 10 rounds and... In addition to that, we now have three first-round picks, five second-round picks, and five third-round picks for next year's draft. So we've also built in some safety and some upside in terms of the future as well. And I just if you haven't been reading Monty's draft diary, I, I really do want to give a, a fun plug for it here. He's so good at this stuff. He talks about where we were in round three, and he says, By the time Sean and I had connected to make our pick at 312, I had just started making our family's dinner. We then got an offer for the pick, which was fine with us because our most wanted targets had just gone off the board. We didn't like the initial offer, but Sean handled the counter offers. As I made dinner, my phone kept alerting me to new trade emails. Ding, ding. I let Sean know we'd be eating, but I'd be fine with however he wanted to handle the negotiations. Ding, ding, ding. During dinner, I had to silence my phone, which wouldn't shut up. Instead, I got buzz, buzz, buzz. <laughs> Sean and the other owner exchanged 16 offers and counter offers over the course of nearly 90 minutes before settling on a final deal that I trusted was fair because it gave me a headache trying to decipher it. <laughs> and so then he, he has the trade in here and we gave up the 312, the 503, the 1010, the 1103 and the 1410. And we got back the 510, the 710, the 1003, the 1110, the 1403 and then a first, second, and third round pick. So obviously the, the main elements of that trade is we move back from the third round to the fifth round and from the fifth round to the seventh round, moved up a little bit later, but got a first, second, and third round pick as a result. Now, 
we do lose some value, obviously, in moving down. And that's why it was a fair trade. You know, you're looking to do fair trades here. What you're wanting to do in these drafts is not to exploit the other owner, but to move yourself into a part of the board where you can get a double value for yourself, right? You don't want to draft guys who maybe you have a value at that point, but nobody else is seeing it that way. You can move back and perhaps get the same guy. One of the things that we liked about the start of our draft is that we took T. Higgins late in round four. We took Brandon Ayuk late in round five. I've got those guys, and I think Monty as well. I have those guys as values at the end of the second and the beginning of the third. So you can only draft so many players in these rounds anyway, unless someone is willing to give you a lot for your future round one. And so if there are specific guys that you have ranked really early, but you can get them later, move down, move down, right? Not every draft is that going to be possible. We're going to have Dave on on Thursday. He's going to talk about you know their uh, best ball dynasty startup draft. And Dave was telling me it was a lot harder to move down in that one. But you want to explore your individual league, league try and get some of these values when they pop up. Yeah, and you, that story, uh, I really enjoyed that part. Uh, I have, um, obviously, the article up in front of me. I have also retweeted it uh, just during the show while we've been talking. Sean did give it a, a very good plug there. But if you want to check out at Overtime Ireland on Twitter, you'll be able to find that article as well. Just retweeted it on Monday for those listening a couple of days later. The other part, Sean, that I wanted to mention, and it was, uh, and, and this is where I find myself sometimes in drafts, uh, Monty paraphrased the conversation to say, Sean said, what do you think about taking that latest offer? And then Monty has replied, you know, at some point we have to make actual picks. So it, it can be hard to, to get that balance, but um, a lot of good movement, a lot of good strategy in this draft. And I would highly recommend going and checking it out. A great piece by Monty, lots of good information in it. And you can go and check it out, of course, over on the Road of His site. Speaking of the Road of His site, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a one-year Road of His subscription. All you have to do is add the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout or go to roadofhis.com forward slash podcast for additional information. We obviously are in draft week. We have mentioned the contest on a number of occasions. Open until episode 200. All you have to do is drop a written review on your favorite podcast app. We do appreciate each and every one of those ratings, and we will be discussing some of them on the upcoming shows here. Some funny stories in them. Really do appreciate the feedback we've been getting on the shows. If you have something you want to share in terms of a topic for a show, I do get them through the email system and also through Twitter. You can send them my way at Overtime Ireland, or you can send them to roadofisradio at gmail.com. We'll try and implement them on some of the upcoming shows here um, on Rotoviz Overtime. So, closing in on 200 episodes as Sean even mentioned giving away two draft guides as well to, to that winning core so uh, let's uh, let's get that on board as well no reasons now not to be dropping those five star reviews on your favorite podcast app but with that we'll be back with another show on Thursday it'll be coming out early Thursday so you'll have time to listen to it before the draft we'll be joined by Dave Cabin really looking forward to that one so with that said and done I guess all that's left to say is my name's Colin Kelly you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland my co-host, as always, is Sean Siegel. Check out Sean's great work up on rotoviz.com. And until we're back with another episode on Thursday, of course, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. 